You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning everybody happy thursday august 24th Eight times three is twenty-four. Eight twenty-four seems seems like a good seems like a good kind of energy day and energy number. And uh, today we are going to indulge Melissa here in the Collective Cafe. We uh, we serve at your pleasure, at your at your discretion. Today I'm going to actually. Um, I've invited the author of a book called Flip the Funnel into the Collective Cafe. He may or may not show up, but if he does show up, not only will you hear me reading his book, but you will hear from him too in terms of commentary regarding Flip the Funnel, how to use existing customers to gain new ones. This is, there is going to be a twist though. The twist is going to be, uh, going back to what we discussed this week, showing up. If people show up, I will keep reading. If people don't show up, I will not keep reading. I am going to use existing customers to gain new ones. That means that you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to become part of the model. You're going to have to flip the funnel. You're going to need to share the room today. You're going to need to tell people. We're going to have to grow this. As long as we grow every book reading, I will keep reading. Otherwise, I will stop reading. That is neither a promise nor a threat because it is both. Um, But seriously, we're going to flip the funnel together. How to use existing customers to gain new ones. Inside out marketing. Retention is the new acquisition. So if you are in the audience, if you are listening right now, if you are a human being, Uh, You don't have to do it immediately because you don't know what you're going to hear right now. But if you do like what you're listening, then I'm going to ask you to share the room. I'm going to ask you to to tell people about this. And uh, and let's see where it leads. I want to also just tell you about um, the link above is my sub stack. I'm having so much fun 
um, and it's allowing me to be innovative and it's allowing me to um, to start to develop new eyes. So yesterday what I did was, okay, I'm going to take a step back, a step aside, a step diagonally and a step back for a moment. When I started Corona TV, which is now Joseph Jaffe is not famous, 500 guests later, um, I didn't... I didn't really know how to monetize it. I didn't think about it. It didn't occupy my time. Maybe it should have. Maybe I should have been so laser focused on monetizing the show after one, uh, six months, after one year. I also didn't know how long COVID was going to last, number one. Number two, then the the show got rebranded, etc. But I definitely have not put enough time into monetizing the show. I never wanted to... You know, I mean, I'm the guy who wrote life after the 30-second spot. So I did not want, and I still do not want, um, to be intrusive, interruptive, boring, mediocre, irrelevant, etc. So I've been experimenting with different models. Um, I might actually start to do a pay-to-play model, um, which would be like for if you want to be a guest on the show, um, and ordinarily you would not be able to be a guest on a show like mine or a podcast, um, there may be a way to to pay your way in, but to be very clear, you know, for me, it's got to be authentic. So, you know, the minute that a, a listener or a viewer thinks that integrity has been compromised, you know, you've broken trust. Um, so, I'm going to start to think about that. How to and I and I have an interesting approach there. My interesting approach is instead of actually charging someone for it, I'm just going to ask them to buy a pass to Alpha Collective. So in many respects, they now have a pass to Alpha Collective that they're able to potentially sell one day, even at a profit, uh, or trade it or barter it, but actually to use it. So they're getting value and utility, um, and and all they have to do is, in a, in a way, in a different way, you could almost um, think about it, which is, this is just a perk that you get by being a member of Alpha Collective. So I'm playing with that option. But really, the bigger option, the bigger thing that manifested itself to me. Hello, Nancy. First time here. Thank you for hosting. You are so, so welcome. You know, I always informed said, what quality person would pay to be on a show? I'm going to come back to that in a second. Um, and maybe we'll just, uh, these are, these are maybe Flip the Funnel will happen tomorrow or next week. Um so let me tell you what, what I want to finish the thought. I'll definitely address it. And it's a very, very, very good question as well because it puts all the onus on me. But don't, don't be so self-deprecating or deprecating, by the way. Quality, what is quality? You know, is, is quality having, um, okay, I'll come back to the other thing because I want to address it. I, I love this topic. Um, quality, is quality just having a lot of money? And being able to buy, you buy your way on a show if you have a fancy publicist or if you have a PR person or if you have the ability um, to have a team, you know, pitching you or advocating on your behalf. And then there's another way to think about it as well, which is, which is, you know, the show is called Joseph Jaffe is not famous. Why? Because my next guest is. But I believe that every single person in this world has a story. Every person is is interesting. Every person is compelling, and it's up to me to be able to get that story out. Just to be honest, I mean, I mean, just to be clear, I'm always informed. We're not talking about someone just being able to say, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm uh, you know, I work as a, an account executive at an agency, and uh, I'm bored, and I want to be on your show." Not at all. We're talking about CEOs. We're talking about people that have startups. We're talking about being uh, people that want to talk about AI. Um, the onus is on me to vet them, not just to take them. First of all, I haven't done it. It's what I'm thinking about doing. And I'm doing this very publicly and transparently with you so that you get to kind of explore this with me and push back. By you pushing back, you help me tremendously because on one level, you might even be dissuading me entirely from doing it. On another level, you might help me pivot and create a different version of it. For example, no one said that it's going to be called Joseph Jaffe is not famous. It could actually just be called something else, um, which is called, um, you know, 
exhibit a spotlight or create a spotlight or entrepreneur spotlight um, where you disclose very publicly that the people that are on the show um, have paid to be on the show. And, and it sounds a little bit more crass and crude to say that way. Um, but a lot of it is in the positioning, right? Which is, um, for example, NPR, right? NPR talks about the fact that people like you are making this content possible. So when you think about being able to, you know, subsidize or sponsor or subscribe a la Substack, right? There are different models that actually say it is because of you that I'm able to continue doing what I'm doing. But at the end of the day, I believe that content uh, is the ultimate judge, jury, and executioner. And the integrity of the content and the quality of the content decides. So, so always informed, it's not about the quality person. It's about the quality conversation and the quality content. Would you, uh, would you, would you concede that? You know, because when you say what quality person would pay to be on a show, there's almost this, this concession that they're not a quality person or that they have to pay in order to be heard. Well, sometimes you do. I mean, by the way, and again, it's very philosophical. You're right. It's totally nuanced, um, by the way. Um, is I mean, think about what's happened in social media. Um, my, I'll, again, be very honest with you, is like I've seen it. I've experienced it. I have 22,000 followers on Twitter. I have 40,000 on Instagram. I have 30, 33,000 on LinkedIn. I have the maximum 5,000 on Facebook. I have... Uh, 3,500 subscribes on YouTube. But I am the tree falling in the forest and no one's there to see it. Nobody knows if it makes a sound. Well, I can tell you because I'm the tree. It does make a sound. Why? Because you get buried into the algorithm. You have to pay to play. You have to be able to feed the algorithm, feed the monster, the, the dragon, in order to stay afloat. Otherwise, you get buried. And that's the reality. That's why... In many respects, I am really, really taking Substack very, very seriously. Um, and, uh, and it took me a while, absolutely. Um, always informed says, fair, nuanced topic, lots of, of variables to consider. Absolutely. And that's what we're doing. We're having a conversation um, about it. There is no black or white. There's no right or wrong. And again, it's what I'm thinking of doing. In a way, you might say that this is a small price to pay literally and figuratively, for someone that ordinarily would not get access to a five-time author, to a host of a show with people in the past like Dan Pink and Seth Godin and Tom Peters and Philip Kotler, um, and the list continues. Um, and now they have the opportunity to have a conversation with me. So access is important as well. But above all, you know, there has to be integrity Integrity is not an optional extra. There's the integrity of the host, the integrity of the guest, there's the integrity of the audience, there's the integrity of the container um, to make sure that it doesn't feel tainted or diluted. Um, and transparency is key. You should never, ever have to doubt when someone is on the show if they paid to be there. You should never have to doubt because the minute you doubt that for one second, you doubt everything. And so there has to be, whether it's visual, you know, I also, you know, going back into, into my, um, one of the things I struggled, struggled with as um, just in general was, you know, I was the digital evangelist. I was the person running interactive media at Shy Day. And, uh, and I got to tell you, like, I always just felt it was so unfair that digital got such a um, tough break, that digital was always, you know, had to work harder, had to prove itself even more, you know, that digital, you know, had higher standards compared to, compared to the rest of, of traditional or established mass media. Just, it just didn't seem fair. It didn't seem fair that we had to prove ourselves and we were subject to the click through and, you know, and all this accountability and optimization um, and all the analytical side um, associated with, and, and, you know, and it, but, but, you know, tough, tough luck, you know, you know, tough shit, so to speak. That was kind of, it's almost like this is what, this is what, you know, be careful what you wish for. You want to compete with the big dogs. Um, 
The answer isn't to lower yourself to their level. The answer is to raise the game and let them catch up. Otherwise, why do you deserve to be on the field with them? Why do you deserve to join the race if you're just as good if, or worse? You've got to be better. You've got to be responsible for being the rising tide. So I, I got so frustrated throughout my career because, you know, with, with uh, product placement or branded entertainment, as was called, even in the early days, I, I, was, um, I was an influencer back in the day when I was one of the first and few bloggers out there. Um, and, and I would be like, you know, why do we have to lean so far forward or back that our back breaks to say disclosure, 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 you know, this Kodak D, whatever the, the um, it wasn't Kodak, it was a Nikon D80, um, very controversial. I got raked through the coals when I got sent a camera. I'll tell you about that in a minute if I remember, remind me. Um, but, but we got raked through the coals if we didn't disclose everything. So, for example, if I just wanted to go, hey, um, I got this new camera and I'm, and I'm taking photos, or I wanted to upload some new photos that I just took with my new uh, Nikon D80 camera, right? So, if you think about it, just, just suspend disbelief for a moment. Let's just talk philosophically. Is there anything wrong with saying, I wanted to share some photos I just took with my new D80 camera. Um, and I'm saying D80, but it was probably, listen, it was 25 years ago or 20 years ago. So n- now Nikon Jaffe, um, uh, Joseph, I'm just trying to see what it was. Because um, now I feel, now I feel, um, I, even, I even had, I remember on my blog, um, a Nikon D80. Um, I actually had, in the end, I had a little tag for, you know, tales from the Nikon D80. So it was Nikon D80. I'm looking into the annals. Um, is there anything wrong with me saying, here's a photo or I'm so in love with my new Nikon D80 camera? Well, obviously there is. I mean, I mean, I, I know what you're going to say. I'm being provocative intentionally because you're saying, well, no, well, there is nothing wrong with me saying, here's a photo I took with my new Nikon D80 camera. I love my Nikon D80 camera. It is all true. If it's true, then it, then there's nothing wrong with it. If I really, it is a new camera, and if I really do love my camera, and if I really do love the photos I'm taking with it, there should be nothing wrong. But clearly, there's a missing piece, which is, did you buy the camera or was it given to you? So I'm still not 100% convinced that that piece of information is needed. I'm still not, and and even though I would say, 10 times out of 10 that you should do it. But I'm not sure it's still the right answer. Um, And yet, again, I know it's contradictory. Um, I would still 10 times out of 10 disclose it. And I would still 10 times out of 10 tell people to disclose. If you were given a camera by a brand, you should mention that. But I think where it gets more um, uh, clear is if if I say you should buy this camera, I love this camera, you should buy the camera too. The minute that you are now trying to influence somebody else's purchase, well then absolutely there must, there has to be some level of disclosure. But the point I'm trying to make here is that, um, you know, just take the movies to this day. Can you imagine, you know, James Bond, classic example, whether he's wearing a, a Rolex watch or he's driving a an Aston Martin or, or, uh, or whatever the iconic brands that were always associated with James Bond, should there be like a big label, a big sticker on the screen going, on arrow going, paid for, paid for, sponsored, branded entertainment, product placement, you know, um, maybe uh, uh, I need like a siren, um, a siren sound, but uh, I guess it would be like... No, I don't know. So, I mean, it would be ridiculous. It would be stupid. In fact, the argument would be it would actually detract from people's enjoyment of the actual entertainment. So, same point. In the days when you had 140 characters on Twitter and you had so and you didn't have threads. I mean, I'm not talking about Facebook threads or Instagram threads. I'm talking about the ability to plus. You know, you 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 had precious precious um, real estate, and now you want to like hashtag, you know, hashtag paid or hashtag 
paid promo, which is, again, fine. I would do it. I still would recommend doing it. But the argument I'm trying to make is where was the equivalent? And people would say, well, it's absolutely disclosed. It's in the credits. Mm, That's right. It's in the eight and a half or nine minutes of credits that nobody actually sticks around to watch. These days, if it's a Marvel movie, sure, you stick around to watch because you're waiting for the, the teasers or James Bond will return. But no one's actually paying attention and going, oh, interesting, Ikea, I had no idea. Aston Martin, fantastic. Uh, General Motors, uh, they did a huge deal with the whole Matrix trilogy. Um, ah, that makes sense. No wonder every single car in the entire Matrix trilogy was a General Motors car. Um, I mean, that was fairly, that was just bad product placement because it was super obvious um, as well. The point I'm trying to make is when you are frustrated about the position you're in, don't feel like you need to drag yourself down to their standard. You uphold a higher standard. You raise the bar. You live. You set the new standard. You set the new tone. Let them catch up to you. You can do it better because you are better at the end of the day. So if I was to do it, it has to be better. It has to be different. It has to make sense. It has to be on brand, on my brand. I cannot um, compromise the relationship, the trust, the integrity that I have with my audience um, for the ability to monetize. And if you think about it, I mean, just again, being very real here, it's like, imagine how, you know how hard it is? I mean, think about think about the fact that I show up Monday through Friday, eight to nine for free. And I, you know, and I do my show, Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous, for free. I'm not getting paid. I'm trying to figure out how to get paid. Um, and I'm not complaining, by the way. I'm not complaining. Because, you know, at the end of the day, imagine, not imagine, I'm. it will happen, my show gets picked up and now I'm on C- CNBC, right? Now, whatever I'm being paid is, you know, makes up, more than makes up for what I wasn't being paid before. So it's a good, it's a nuanced conversation for sure, um, always informed. Um, and, and I'm happy for you to, you know, come up uh, shortly if you want to and push back or argue or build. Um, I do love, I do love the challenge. Um, and, and I think we, I love the idea of having the conversation. I love the fact that if there are variables to consider, let's consider them. Let's discuss them. And let's figure out, by the way, maybe we, maybe we end up in a better place. Maybe we actually end up in a completely better place by going, well, that allowed us to actually think about something else. For example, um, for example, doing, a, doing a, an episode of the show that is a, an, a private episode. So now you've got some CEO of you know, one of 50,000 AI companies and you're like, well, I'm not going to do it as an ep- I'm going to do it privately for you and, and give you the content and you can cut it and edit it and slice it and dice it and distribute it any way you want. You can put it on your website. It becomes a testimonial. But anyway, I'll stop there. Um, uh, thank you for coming up and thank you for just, you took me on a complete tangent. Uh, Melissa's unhappy because she wanted me to read Flip the Funnel, um, but don't worry, it's not going to go away. But I'm so happy you did. So uh, always informed, over to you, my friend. Hi, good morning. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I don't want to seem like I'm just a person in the in the uh, stands booing for no reason without um, any you know any substantial reasons. But we have seen when you add monetary incentive to any kind of content it can skew the content, especially if it's not, um, number one, if it's not, um, you know, mentioned of the monetary exchange. Um, but then I could see like, there, there's some worst case scenarios that maybe it's too early for me to form opinions about, but I could see in some perspective, you could be held liable too. Like if I paid you, let's say a thousand dollars for an hour and I didn't feel like I got the quality I deserved. And then you have to repeat and, it's the, the questions are, you know, it, 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 it can seem so skewed. I'm just wondering if there are not better ways to 
monetize a platform. I've seen some really interesting things as an entrepreneur. I've seen, you know, Slack groups that are private and paid. I've seen newsletters that go out and there's free tier and there's the paid tier, you know, um, but the content, that's why people, you know, that's kind of your come, you know, you're, you're in, there's, there's also other parts where you could potentially have an interviewee interviewee and the first part is you know free but then the more intimate important parts are paid so i'm just wondering if there's a better way rather than have having the guest come on and pay as that could seem um you know i think that can that can skew things a bit so you so i'm a you've said a bunch of i think fantastic points i'm going to just give a broad-based response first of all which is the first step to being able to solve a problem or a challenge is to be aware of it. And in order to be aware of it, you have to articulate it. So, for example, you've just come up with a um, – let's just focus on one thing, which is the idea of being satisfied with the content. Well, um, one of the ways to get around that, and we're talking, on, we're talking hypotheticals, is to be able to say that no matter what, that there is still going to be editorial judgment – and editorial integrity associated, as in nobody, just because you want to come on the show doesn't mean you will come on the show, number one. Number two, there are rules of engagement. And that could, of course, just include the fact that we're not going to, um, I say we, it's just me, but let's just say we, it sounds more uh, exciting. Uh, We are not going to ask you questions that uh, you want us to ask. Um, If you're an AI company, um, we're not going to avoid, for example, saying, well, what do you think about the open letter or the open let, you know, the open letter, um, that was sent kind of uh, indicating that AI could basically bring down the world and caution with respect to how far, um, we're going without actually knowing what the repercussions are. Um, so I like, I like where you're coming from and I do agree that there are better models um, out there. Um, so the thing that I was going to get to earlier um, and talk about, um, and so I'll get there and then I'll come back to you, um, which is Substack, I'm loving. I'm loving the fact that you can start playing with free previews and gated content. Really what I'm actually starting to do, but it's a little too complicated for me, is experimenting with blockchain-enabled a gated premium subscription because that's where I think the future lies. That's exciting. I just came across, I was introduced to, so uh, in fact, I even set it up. Um, it's called paragraph.xyz, paragraph.xyz. Um, and then there's another one called mirror, M-I-R-R-O-R dot X-Y-Z, that where you can actually subscribe to someone um, on the blockchain and even pay for something uh, via crypto, etc. So there are some very interesting models now um, that take kind of you know Substack plus uh, Web three that create a much more interesting approach. But let me tell you what the idea was. Um, always, um, I'm sitting on five hundred uh, plus episodes, five hundred plus guests. Some have been back multiple times. Um, it's probably higher now, but let's just say 500 um, hours, hours of content over the last three and a half years. Um, and a lot of it is contextual. So for example, this week, I just shared my my interview with Derek Watts, who was South Africa's Andy Rooney or Leslie Stahl or Mike Wallace uh, or Morley Safer. Um, he ran, he was the co-anchor of a show called Carte Blanche. Um, and this was from June, June um, 2020, June 2020. Can you believe that? So like three months into, um, into COVID. I'm going to put that link there, uh, the actual Substack article that I was able to come back and, um, and actually share that. So here's what I've been thinking, which is this was an idea that I had a while ago, but I didn't really know how to execute, which was the ability to initially the idea was you know those like desk calendars um like you you, you, like you'll be in like the mall and you'll see them 
Like there's Dilbert and there's Garfield and there's like, you know, um, uh, every day you just tear off whatever the day is. So today would be August 24th. It might be like an inspirational quote. It might be a crossword puzzle, but it's kind of like a rectangular block and you tear it off day by day. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if every day in your inbox you got this this three to four minute like shot of Jaffe Juice, like an espresso shot, um, one of the episodes of my show. So for example, um, this was the episode. So I actually did this. Um, I used Substack to actually share it. Uh, I'm going to find you the link and then I'm going to put that link above as well. I really want you to check it out, you in particular, and tell me what you think. So I'm actually going to change the link above now and and put it up there. And so I'm going to explain it to people that are, and I'll put it in the chat as well, and I'll explain to you what you're seeing. So what you're seeing, first of all, um, it's called Radical Mindfulness. And then you are seeing um, a little video of mine. I, I just did it yesterday. No, uh, no hair and makeup, um, no fancy HD camera, just me in front of using my HD cam um, on, I mean, using just my MacBook camera. And then it says, Dear Premium Subscriber, Daniel Gutierrez was one of my favorite interviews ever. As a successful business, uh, uh, successful business and life coach, he had a midlife awakening, not a midlife crisis, burnt his certificate, sold his trophies, and left his well-to-do life in LA for Lima. They set up a ranch with alpacas and more and helps corporate visitors become more present and mindful along with tours to Machu Picchu. It's on my bucket list. Daniel got the time wrong. He's on CST and was texting me from a cab on his way back to his laptop. Instead of panicking, I stayed calm, started the show a little late without him. And by the time I welcomed him on the show, he was safely in the green room. It was a lesson to give yourself grace. Please enjoy one of my favorite clips from the three and a half from the past three and a half years called Beautiful Yellow Tree, together with top ten takeaways, show notes, and quote of the episode with love, Joseph. And so I show um, this this one minute clip. And then it says Joseph uh, Joseph Substack is a reader supported publication. So the little ability to subscribe. Then there are ten key takeaways. Um, and after the ten t- takeaways, you can actually view the full episode. I also include my show notes as well, and then the quote of the episode, which was from Sharon Salzberg, mindfulness isn't difficult, we just need to remember to do it. So suddenly, I had everything that I've been dreaming about, which is the ability to deliver um, a three to four minute summary of every single episode. And with 500 episodes, I could, I mean, I could do one a day if I chose to. I could do one a day, Monday through Friday, um, for, I guess, I mean, if you do the math, 52 times 5, um, for two years. And, of course, I'm doing new episodes all the time. Every single day, you could get a one-minute video hit, a personal message from me, um, 10 takeaways, a key quote. Um, and that may be the way that I monetize always, that may be the way to use Substack, which has this, you know, $8 a month. That's how much it would cost, $8 a month. And then their founder memberships. I just let Substack do their thing. Um, so maybe that's a better approach, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think I think it's creative. I mean, it, it, to me, it sounds like um, I'm a big fan of YouTube Um YouTube content creators is I, I don't, I'm just learning about you. Um, I'm not on clubhouse very much, but your content sounds like some of my more, more uh, preferred content creators. And then the way they get me in is number one, they have great content, but number two, they have the long videos, which you know are going to always be high quality. And then they have their YouTube shorts. Um, it sounds to me like what you're mentioning is kind of like a YouTube short, but more, um, more premium subscribe. For, for like your audience, it makes sense. That, I need to. I, I really, really need to um, to um, investigate and spend some time on shorts. But to give you the quick uh, TLDR, um, before the pandemic, um, I had. I'll, I'll literally give you my quick t- my uh, my my full career. Um, I worked for a fast food chicken company called Nando's Chickenland in South Africa for five years on the brand side. I was 
the third marketing employee in the company's history, and they're a global brand now, huge in the UK actually. Um, I moved to the US in 97, worked for a number of Madison Avenue agencies, was laid off in 2002. I was one of the products of the whole dot-com implosion and the bubble bursting. Um, And I went out on my own, and I've since written five books, Life After the 30-Second Spot, Join the Conversation, Flip the Funnel, which we were going to do a live read today. Um, so, And I'll come back to the Collective Cafe in a moment. Um, zero, Built to Suck. And then I'm finishing my sixth book, which will be ready um, in time for a trip to South Africa to honor my late mom um, at a, an event that I'm keynoting called Forever Changed, How a Global Pandemic Changed My Direction, My Purpose, and My Life. Um, The book will have a very unique twist, although I'm still trying to figure out how to make it happen, where readers will get royalties. So it may very well be the first book in the history of the world where readers actually have royalties, where royalties are shared, not amongst all readers, but amongst some readers as well, which is very exciting um, for me. Um, So the pandemic hits. Um, Oh, I started two businesses. One I sold. The other one I closed down after about six years. Um, the first was called Crayon. We were in Second Life. We were in the virtual world of Second Life 17 years before this whole Web3 metaverse thing blew up. Um, and I just wish that people would have persevered um, because the things that we could have done in this world, would, in that virtual world, would have been just tremendous. Um, and then Evolution, which was the second company, um, I think the vision there was maybe the biggest vision I've ever come up with which is, you know, what if Kodak acquired Instagram? What if Marriott had incubated uh, Airbnb? What if Netflix had, well, what if Blockbuster had actually purchased Netflix? So the idea was, what if we could build a bridge between startups and brands, between Madison Avenue and Mountain View? What if we could reverse engineer the startup from the brand backwards? Um, Because who's growing? Startups, apps. Who's not growing? Big Goliath behemoth corporations. The only way they grow is by acquiring growth through M&A. So anyway, COVID hits, all goes to shit. No one's hiring a keynote speaker anymore. I've keynoted in over 50 countries. And uh, and I just, everyone was trying to become the best virtual presenter, virtual keynoter. And I don't know why, but I just, I started a talk show. It wasn't a talk show at the time. I mean, it was just like, let me do a live stream every day. Um, but it became Corona TV and Corona TV became uh, Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous. And so, you know, today from James Rollins, Jamal Mashburn, Robin DeAngelo, Carol Baskin, Patrick Fabian, who played Howard Hamlin on Better Call Saul. I've had CEOs. I've had, um, I just had Dan Lyons, who wrote a book called uh, STFU, as in shut the f*** up. I love to mute, my, uh, to censor myself. Uh, he also is one of the lead writers on the show Silicon Valley um, on HBO, uh, Baratundi Thurston. I mean, the list continues. Um, and But I've never been able to, A, monetize the show, and I've struggled to grow. I mean, even look at this, you know, even sitting here in Clubhouse, we have 192 people have come in and out. I want this to be a coffee shop. I don't want people to feel like it's a like a, like a life sentence, which is, oh, I've got to come in and stay the whole time. I want people to breeze in and breeze out. But there are 17 people yeah, now, by the way, my challenge of growing audience is not my challenge. It's all of our challenges. We're all, fa- Clubhouse is faced with the same challenges. So we're all in the same boat together, trying to do the same thing together. So I start this talk show. Um, my manifested goal is to end up on CNBC because I think the world needs a business talk show, not just a Q&A and boring interviews, but actually let's learn, let's learn about the real the person, the human. Let's let's find out facts about you that we didn't know, um, etc. And so I'm gonna, I'm continuing to like. I will never. I've said to people, I will never give this up until I die. Um, that's how determined I am. I started doing work in Web three. Um, I started a, a professional organization called Alpha Collective, which I'm still working on trying to get off the ground, finishing my book. And then, as of about four months ago. I started um, coaching for EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So business coaching, leadership coaching, um, helping business owners and entrepreneurs get what they want from their business. Um, I've never created as much content in my life, 
not just as much quant- quantity, but quality content. It's been like a reinvention for me, not just a pivot, but a reinvention for me. And um, and in a way, you know, always like there's a there's a story, and then there's a story behind the story. Because in trying to bring new monetization methods and models, and and um, you know, I've tried to just be as as open and honest and transparent um, and vulnerable as I can be, um, as is humanly possible, you know, within reason. Um, because, as I said, my challenges are your challenges, and your challenges are my challenges, and so and so part of Alpha Collective is the Collective Cafe which is Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. This is probably, um, and then, um, so I do this every single day. Monday, Manifestation Monday. Tuesday's Thought Leadership Tuesday. Wednesday's Wellness Wednesday. Thursday, live book reads, often with the author. Well, today it would have been because I am the author. And then Friday, we call it like No Agenda Friday where we invite everyone up early. And, and so like if you wanted to come on stage tomorrow, you don't have to, you can come with your own agenda. You can come and say, hey, everybody, I want to talk about this. I want to give people the opportunity to get comfortable on stage, to lead a conversation or to steer the conversation in their own direction. So it's AMA, office hours, open mic, you know, no agenda Friday. And what I'm also going to start to do is actually use Friday as a as a show recap as well and maybe bring in my guest if they want a little bit more, um, a little bit more exposure too. So playing with lots of options right now in terms of what I call media brand 3.0. What does a personal brand look like in 2023? What does a personal brand, a thought leader, a coach, uh, a solo entrepreneur, um, what does that look like? How do you monetize? And by the way, my monetization methods are not just you know Substack. But it's actually thinking about NFTs, um, tokens, social tokens, or creator coins, uh, POAPs, proof of attendance protocols, uh, being able to actually, um, for example, and this is what I want to do and I will do at some point, but I'm waiting for actually the companies to catch up to me. Everyone here today should be able to mint a POAP. Everyone here today should be able to, to mint on the blockchain the fact that they were in the Collective Cafe on August 24th. You would get a different POAP because you came onto stage. You contributed. You would get a contributor uh, POAP. If you have five, and I'm making this up now completely, if you have 10 contributor POAPs, meaning you raised your hand and came up 10 times, you would be able to, I don't know, come on the show. Or, you know, you would be able to... Um, commandeer the collective cafe one day um completely for your own for for your own agenda and 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 i would support it and promote it and and create a, a sub stack or a linkedin article etc so different ways of engaging audience i want to tell you just one thing and then i'll shut up um i had jeff jarvis on the show jeff is i mean jeff is like the og when it comes to blogging he's he still has I mean, he's more of a blogging OG than than Seth Godin. Um, Buzz Machine must have been, I don't know, the first. I mean, this guy is like Clue Train Manifesto OG. Um, and he just wrote a book called The Gutenberg Parenthesis, where he's actually going back and looking at at the printing press uh, and, and, and the Bible um, and talking about um, and just talking about innovation and, and how things have have um you know, have kind of uh, moved forward, etc. And just listening to him, I mean, that that whole interview just, by the way, blew me away. He actually said that it was about 150 years after the the printing press was introduced when it, when real innovation occurred. Why? Because he said the technology had become boring. I'm telling you that insight alone, that's a million buck insight. Because I know what to do with it. Now, I'm going to take that that clip, by the way. I'm going to uh, DM me so I have your details. Or I'm, I mean, I hope you'll come back. Um, but but what I'm going to do is I'm going to share that clip. Um, I'll produce a one-minute version of it and a three and a longer version. The longer version, again, will go to premium subscribers on Substack. 
The shorter version will be shared publicly on Twitter and etc., etc. But the point is so important. I could do an entire episode on that point, and maybe I'll do it tomorrow. There's an incentive. I'll do it tomorrow and talk about that specific clip and why that is so absolutely uh, game-changing. Um, but actually, let me let me rest for a second. I'm on like verbal diarrhea as well. Nancy says, uh, thinking of adding Substack to clients' brand stack. Um, and she said, we launch and manage YouTube channels and strategies. Help me, Nancy. Help me, Nancy. You're my only hope. I mean, I've so struggled to grow uh, YouTube. And I think, and I think, to your point, um, always shorts is the way to do it, but it's yet another it's yet another thing to have to think about. Um, and of course, even within YouTube, you know, I use AdWords and I and I put some money behind each episode to to break out of my own you know kind of um, bubble, etc. So does that mean now I have to promote shorts and longs or just shorts or both? I don't know. So anyway, I'll I'll kind of rest there for a second and drink some. Clearly, I've drunk too much coffee this morning. But look what you've done always. You've like you've inspired a a waterfall cascading of of verbal diarrhea. That's the name of this episode: a waterfall of verbal <laughs> diarrhea. Oh, thank you. I tend to have that effect on uh, women as well. So yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't I can't I can't validate you on that one, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the time. Nice yeah. meeting you. Yeah. No, I mean, come back. Um, waterfall of diarrhea. No, I think that's a bad name for it as well. But yeah. I think it's quite clever, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, can you imagine Can you imagine what Midjourney is going to do um, to, uh, to validate? <laughs> Midjourney is going to come up with a doozy, a waterfall of verbal diarrhea. Um, yeah, it's 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 been fun, and and you know the thing is, not only have I been creating like never before, but I feel like I've been innovating like never before as well, and that's important. Um, the vision that I have for the show, by the way, is um, so. Let's just, I don't want the show ever to be like IRL. I don't want a studio in Stamford, Connecticut, or New York City. Um, but if there was one, and that was like you know that was like a deal breaker. Um, what I would do is I'd have the front row always reserved for NFT holders or for you know OGs in the community or whatever. I would be using Discord to run and manage the relationship and the community. Um, there would be backstage passes. There would be opportunities to come and sit with me at the desk um, for for community members. But it would all be based on tenure, engagement, participation. This is actually all... That's in, you know, a lot of this is mentioned in Flip the Funnel, which I wrote in 2010. Um, the point I wanted to make just while there's time is Jeff said something really, really amazing. He actually said that if you go back to the origins and the genesis of magazines, right? Because remember, he's talking about the Gutenberg parenthesis. He's talking about the printing press. He's talking about print. Um, he's actually He actually said... The, the main value proposition of magazines that they brought to the table, this is a massive aha moment, everyone. You know, I need like a drum roll for it. Um, he said was community. He said that was the strength of magazines in the early days. It was community. It was that everybody was focused around the content, the themes, you know, people writing in, readers, reader comments, etc. This is pre-internet. It was the fact that the magazine was almost like a kind of a flyer, you know, shared amongst members of of a community with a common, you know, a common theme or common purpose or, or, or shared passion. Um, and you know, it made me think of of you know, back in the days when I was in the the agency world, uh, the industry standard was like our bible. I mean, we loved, we all loved this magazine. Um, and it was so thick that you like would would like pull a muscle. You would like you know you would get a hernia from trying to pick this thing up. It was like it felt like it was a thousand pages in the height of the dot com boom. Um, then and as everything started just just going to you know to pot, um, <laughs> you know just like Web three at the moment. Eventually, it became like a flyer. It became like four pages, and it wasn't four, but it was like so anemic. It was pathetic, like twenty thirty pages. Why? Because advertising paid for the content. 
It's an old school model. It's an old school model that actually says that, you know, when 500 pages of the thousand are advertising, that allows our journalists to go out and write all these amazing stories. Um, And yes, you pay money for it, but imagine how much money you would have paid for it had there not been advertising. So it's like, don't knock what you can't afford. Um, But ultimately, you know, when industry standard went away, it was like we mourned it. We, we mourned it. It was like a, a loss, a hole, you know, that we lost one of our magazines. I'm sure always you have a magazine that you loved or love um, that's also gone away or shrunk. Um, and is there one that, you know, uh, uh, that a magazine that you just absolutely loved that's either gone or, or, or you hope doesn't go? Or do you, are you just not even in the magazine, you know, realm? Um, fortunately, it's funny you mentioned that because um, there was a magazine I list I uh, I subscribed to when I was in my early twenties, and I just resubscribed to it um, about six months ago, and I I haven't read it, but I've been resubscribing, and I just I picked it up last night for the first time in a decade. Um, luckily, it's still there. Um, I don't know what the quality's like now. It's uh, for anybody who cares. It's Men's Health magazine. Um, I'm not sure what the quality is like, but it's, I'm, I was really happy to see that it's still around because of what you said. Most, a lot of magazines don't make it. So, good point. And then, and then where it gets very interesting, and this is where we, this is a good, this is a good kind of segue to like wind down today. This is where we, we the readers, we the viewers, we the clubhouse participants, we the members, we have an obligation. We have to show up. We have to step up. We have to, we have to realize that we're not passive. Um, and sometimes we show up with our time, with our energy. I appreciate every single person that is here in the room today. Um, you could have, I appreciate, I get very, you know, the reason why I have verbal diarrhea today is because you said a magic phrase to me. Um, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to call you, uh, instead of always, I'll call you James because that's your name. Um, James, and I'm following you as well, which is you said, oh, I just discovered you or I'm, I'm new to you. And I was like, you are the reason why I do this. You know, Melissa was a month ago. Christopher was six months before that. Bez was that 12 months before that. We build community. We build audience. We build customers one relationship at a time. Instead of worrying about the numbers and the optimization and the, you know, going viral. And so it's one relationship at a time. That's how you flip the funnel. That's how you use existing customers to gain new ones. Not by treating them like data points or acceptable levels of churn or attrition, but by actually treating every customer like they are your only customer, like they are your last customer. Sound familiar to everyone? It is. Because it's the same way I approach life. You should live every day like it's your last day, like it's your only day. You should treat every customer like they're your last customer and like they're your only customer. When a customer leaves you, you should, and I wrote this, maybe not in Flip the Funnel, but I certainly wrote it um, in one of the subs, in one of my books. You should wear black. You should tear your clothing you know, like a kind of a, a Jewish funeral. You should sit on the floor. You should mourn them. You know, you should mourn them. You should have a funeral for every customer that leaves you. Um, provided, you know, it's not good riddance that you didn't fire them in the place. Um, it's so important to think about that idea when you actually replace data points with relationships uh, and human beings. And, um, and so what is that obligation? Well, you know, I every day now I go and I look at my Substack uh, at my Substack um, subscriptions, and I'll tell you, um, I probably have one at the moment still. One person has felt the need. Yep, I have one. It says one paid subscriber, gross annualized revenue ninety six dollars. That seems like a lot to me. Um, you know, I have one thousand five hundred subscribers. Uh, 30 day views. I'm just reading this stuff now because I've just started it now. 5,570. Um, that seems like a 5.57 K. That's, that seems like a good number. Um, and a 30 day open rate of 27%. That seems pretty high as well. 
So the question comes down to at what point, right, at what point um, do I, you know, do I even have the right to ask someone to subscribe? Let's start that with that point. Do I even have the right to ask someone to subscribe? But more importantly, do I have the right to be upset with them if they don't, right? Do I have, is it important to, you know, no one should be sitting in the audience today thinking, oh, I feel bad. I, I suppose I should subscribe. You know, I suppose I should give him $8 a month. It, it doesn't work like that. It shouldn't have to ever work like that. You should never, ever have to, you know, the thing that, the, the thing that, I, that I struggle with, um, James, is the freemium model. The freemium model itself I struggle with, um, to be honest with you. When you were talking about better models, I struggle with that because what it does is you, you, you're living between two worlds, you got one foot in free and one foot in fee. And now you're thinking, do I gate? Don't I gate? When do I gate? Suddenly it becomes very bait and switchy as opposed to being able to say, like I almost feel like you've got to pick a lane. You've almost got to say from this day henceforth, you know, everything is paid or I'm just going to keep it all free. Um, and there are different approaches for both, right? When everything's free, um, you are building audience and you can monetize audience uh, through attention and through the ability to communicate something and 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 you know if you have a new product or a service or solution or a keynote or a book um, you can share it with that audience paid is different you know paid there's a much higher bar there's a much higher level of expectation um, it's a different there's got to be less selling there's got to be there's there's definitely less wiggle room. Um, to be more liberal, but then at the same time, I'll flip it right back. You know, who, 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 you know, who died and gave me the right to sell to, to people that are reading me for free? So I have a philosophical problem with that too, right? Just because you're in this room right now doesn't mean that I have the right to abuse you and, and sell to you and push and pedal and hawk my wares on you. Because you've given me something even more valuable than $8 a month. You've given me one hour of your time. So there is no clean and clear answer. That's the takeaway that I have for you today, for all of you today that are here and listening on the podcast version. Um, it's nuanced, you know, to quote, uh, you know, a very famous um, philosopher by the name of Always Informed. Fair, nuanced topic, lots of variables to consider. There are a lot of variables to consider and you have to figure out the exact mix, the perfect mix that's right for you, for your objectives, where you are in life, your brand, your audience, um, your style, your integrity and come up with a solution. Um, but, but experiment, figure it out, try, have fun doing it as well. You know, I, um, I got to tell you, like my whole life, has shifted over the last three and a half years from top down to bottom up. You know, top down was I've always courted and served the big brands, the Fortune 500s, the Global 2000s, worked for Madison Avenue. It's always been top down. Now, you know, uh, a keynote of mine, I would, you know, I would, and I've told people this, you could go and, and go to a speaker's bureau if I'm listed on there, my rate card is $30,000 gross. $30,000 gross. For me, my net was $25,000. I could show up and give a keynote for 45 minutes and charge $30,000 gross plus first class travel plus, plus, plus. And my client got exactly, not only did they get their money's worth, they're like raving all the way to the bank that they brought in a dynamic speaker. Now I'm at a completely different place. Now it's all bottom up. Now it's small and medium businesses through EOS, through, uh, through coaching. Now it's all about fractional ownership and micropayments. Now it's all about building from the grassroots and the, the rock face up. Now it's about sharing the wealth and sharing the royalties with a much wider uh, group of customers, employees, partners, community members. I think that this is a better place to be. This isn't just, hey, this is what I'm doing this year. This is an evolution and it's a revolution. And, um, and guess what? We're all invited 
Uh, it's not my party. <laughs> it's all of our party. Um, and it's exciting times. Um, and the beautiful thing about it is when you think about $8 a month, this is why I'm so in love with the whole Substack thing, $8 a month, right? If you look at that, it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you multiply, multiply it by hundreds, by thousands, by tens of thousands of people, if you believe your content is compelling, if you believe you have audience or can build audience, because for them, for every individual human being, $8 a month is a lot more palatable than thousands or tens of thousands or come do my course or, you know, all this, you know, mastermind bullshit, you know, and, 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 and scammy stuff going on on many of these platforms. Suddenly the micropayment of $8 a month doesn't seem that much to be part of something, but it all adds up. And when you look back on it, you're like, holy crap, I've been able to replace my revenue. That's why this inside-out approach, this ground-up, this grassroots approach is so damn powerful. And what you do is you just keep adding more value and, and remember, add in one of the most important points, which is um, tell a friend, refer a friend, which is how this whole room started today right, which is I will keep doing Flip the Funnel, um, you know, as long as you keep telling people about it. But the other thing, going back to what you were saying, it's nine, um, I just want to see if if she is still here. Um, da, 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 Nancy, is Nancy still in the room? Uh, Nancy, 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 are you still here? Um, she may, maybe she's here, I can't see. Um, but one of the things I would add as well is the ability now to send a comp subscription to someone. It's actually what like people like Scott Monty was doing really early into the whole rally.io process. Um, brilliant stuff, which is like if you held a certain amount of coin, you would get a complimentary subscription. So there are many nuanced ways of being able to play around with fractional ownership, micropayments, freemium models, gated access, you know, and now add POAPs and Web3 and tokenization and specific roles. And you've got yourself a pretty revolutionary model that doesn't just apply to online zines, right, or individual content creators or thought leaders, but may very well apply to magazines as well and may very well end up saving magazines. All of this jam-packed in one hour for free in the Collective Cafe, Thursday, August 24th, where we did not even discuss the very damn thing that we were here to do. So Melissa, I apologize to you. I hope you're still happy and got your money's worth. Ha ha, you know, pun intended. Um, And we continue to learn and discover together. By the way, just final point before I go, um, just make sure that I don't have anything on my schedule because I typically end up um, just blowing. Uh, nope, uh, I have, but I do have to go in a second. Um, what was the thing I was going to say? Now I just forgot uh, the. <laughs> I just forgot uh, the point I was going to make, and it was such a good point um, as well. Somebody, somebody, help remind me. Uh, Melissa said, um, "said all good." Ah, I forgot it, but I, it was so important. If I remember it, I'll share it uh, with with all of you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's um, it's uh, it's great. You know, I I like. I think the point I was. I'm going to get back to it. Was oh yes, um, I, I do remember it. Um, you know, we we do ourselves such a disservice when we um, are defensive when we um, can't entertain um, what seems like uh, criticism or pushback or, um, you know, or something that seems negative. And instead of exploring everything about it, um, you know, from intentions to context to uh, more information to actually being able to build on it, 
Um, I know he had to jump, and I'm super grateful for just a simple comment. Just remember this as well, if you know, for, for those of you that are still here, your comments have power. Your comments have such power. Um, when you just write a comment in and you get someone's attention, you can literally derail them for better or for worse, or for worse or for better. So remember that when you're sitting in the audience, how powerful you are. You may not think you are, but you are super, super powerful. Um, and you have the ability to influence and sway other people in the audience that see your comments, but also actually to get the attention of someone um, and inspire them, challenge them to be better, which is exactly what happened today. So have an amazing day. I will see you all uh, tomorrow. Rhonda says, different time zone today, so got on late, but what I heard was really valuable. We'll definitely listen to the replay, and you can listen to uh, Collective Cafe, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go, and now I must go. So have an amazing, amazing day, everyone. See you tomorrow. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.